Hallelujah. I pray it blesses somebody. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's good. I just I just want to testify. I got I got to testify to how good y'all is. Y'all is a right now L. You know, like you don't be knowing that y'all be looking into the, your little life. You know, we may not be knowing. I'm telling you, y'all be looking right into our lives. You know, and he be working things out in our lives, even even unbeknownst to ourselves. Like you know. I'm telling you, like, man, the way this lesson unfolded and, and, and what transpired, you know, afterwards was just, ah, it was just, it was just so awesome. It was just so awesome. It was just, you know, it just, it just brought that back to my memory and just, you know, and just confirmed that Yah is looking at us. He's looking at us. You know, he looks into our lives and, and and he looks into our assembly and he is, you know, like like he rock with us. He really mess with us. Like we really his people. For real. You know, and I just thank him for it. Hallelujah. You know, like like yeah, 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 is, yeah, yeah, is, he's awesome. Yes. Uh, you know, so um yeah, okay. Let's get into the lesson. You know, I'm excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing on with our discipleship training, amen. And, you know, as always, we're going to start off by entering into the world of Scripture because, you know, this is, you know, where we're learning to be disciples in the world of Scripture. You know, the, uh, the world had their places and you know, where they where they do their things and get their things done, so on and so forth. And and so have we. And ours is in the kingdom of Elohim and you know, which can be found within each and every one of us yes, as well yes. as within scripture. Amen. Amen. You know, so I'd just like to say, Welcome to my world. A place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices and the persecuted righteous don't complain but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the world of demons of birth, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the awesome world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears and get ready to listen. Rock Hawkins, that's just about the end teaching. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're exploring the story of Israel. As you all know, Israel is the story of Elohim's people, much like ourselves. Amen. Amen. You know, so we're going through their story so that we can learn our story. Did you catch that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, we're going through their story so we can understand our story. You know. Um, so we went over the, the first year of them leaving out of Mizraim, you know, and so that can be likened to the first year of a newborn believer, I mean, that doesn't come out of the, their Mizraim, they come out of, you know, the world's way of looking at things, the world's religions and so on and so forth and begin to follow Yah, you know, and they, you know, they find themselves, you know, um, in their wilderness experience and so, you know, that was part one, but we're 
here in part two, which is all about year two. And so we're learning from what happened to Israel in year two. In year two, guess what? They were still Elohim's chosen people. They were still the nation whose, whose Elohim was Yahuwah. This unique status has not passed since then to America or any other nation. They are still Yah's people. And if we're Yah's people, then we are them. They are us. Amen? You know, so, you know, Yah brought him out into the wilderness and he proposed to him a covenant. Hallelujah. They accepted that proposal. You know, and Yah said, they shall be my people and I will be their Elohim. And the people said, all that Yahuwah has spoken, we will do. Hallelujah. And we still saying, we do it till this day. You know, so... Again, they're in their wilderness experience. The wilderness, spiritually speaking, speaks to the wilderness um, as a dry land of darkness. You know, if anyone has truly began to walk this walk, they will be able to relate to this. They will be able to relate, maybe not being now, you know, in the Mojave, you know, but they will be able to relate that this walk is similar to a dry land of darkness. Amen. You know. This is the wilderness experience. Now, while out there, you get to a point to where, you know, Yah tells you that he wants you to make him a tabernacle. Hallelujah. And so that tabernacle, you know, for us actually speaks to our flesh bodies. He wants us to take the temporary dwelling place that he's given us. And he wants us to actually make it a dwelling place for him you know now this is this is um, um, what he was telling us in year one and the culmination of it began year two on the day one of uh, month one of year two you know they actually erected the tabernacle that they had made that he had instructed them to make you know, and he instructs us still today to make him a tabernacle. And if you haven't done so, I encourage you to do so. Because he don't just want to dwell among us. He want to dwell within us. Yeah. You know, now, you know, some people are satisfied with him being, you know, being amongst them. You know, but I implore you, don't get satisfied with that. You know, you want him within you. Amen. You know, but the only way that's going to happen is if you prepare him a place. All right. So once once done, once the place was prepared, this was um uh this this it was erected and it was erected as I just mentioned on day one, month one of year two, right? Okay, and so. Then scripture teaches us that the chiefs of Israel approached and brought their offerings before Yahuwah. And so they brought their offerings and it was 12 days of giveaways. Each tribe, you know, would come and bring an offering. So it was 12 days of giveaways. I wonder 
and, you know, like, you know, I don't know, it sounded like they stole, somebody else stole this story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, okay, we're going to keep it moving. Say lie, you know. <laughs> it sure sounds like somebody else stole this story, though, you know. But we, we, we have 12 days of giveaways that scripture teaches, you know, that the chiefs of Israel, you know, are bringing forth their offerings. Now, if we think about that, you know, so we have Rosh Hashanah and then, you know, we have 12 days of giveaways, 12 offerings that bring being brought. After those offerings are done, we're at day what? What's say again? 13. 13. Hallelujah. All right. What happens tomorrow? Passover. Absolutely, you know. Um, now, you know, during that time when they bless you, during that time when they erect the tabernacle, the priest is instructed to go in and light the menorah so that there might be light in the holy place of Elohim. You know, um, if you erect a tabernacle for Yah, make certain that you light the menorah because you know Yah is not going to be up in your darkness. Amen. Amen. I say, y'all not going to be up in your darkness, you know, because he's an L of light. Amen. So make certain you like the menorah. You know, now, then numbers, uh, we had to jump around to put this in the correct order. So that's what we're continuing to do. You know, now we're still, um, we're still moving on, you know. So um, during this first day, it says, thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel and the Levites shall be mine. So during this time, at least within these first 12 days, Yah tells them, tells, uh, instructs Israel to separate the Levites from among the children of Israel. Somebody tell me what Levi means. Joint too, absolutely, because they're those that are joined to Yah as well as joined to Yah's people. They're the intermediaries. Can you see that? You know, they're the arbitrators. They're the brokers. You know, they're the go-betweens, if you would. You know, so um, Yah is saying, separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, you know, because they're his. You know, but why the Levites? You know, why the Levites? Even because... They're the living sacrifices. You know, those of us that are Levites, we are the living sacrifices. We are those who present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Elohim. You know, we're the ones that's not conformed to this world, but are transformed by the renewing of our minds. That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Elohim. Amen. So this is why the Levites... You know, because they're the ones that's attached to Yah and joined to Yah and joined to Yah's people. You know, and so we're the intermediaries. And this is why every priest was a Levite, even though every Levite wasn't a priest. Say lie. So the next thing we read about in Numbers 9 that happens, you know, during that time is actually Pesach. What do you know? And also, we have the first day, and we have, um, I just noticed something is out of order. Uh, we're going to talk about it today, but I'll put it in order next week, okay? Hallelujah. 
Alright, so what comes next uh, after the 12 days of giveaways? You know, Pesach. And so that's where, you know, uh, what scripture next speaks about in Numbers 9. Let me have my first reader read Numbers 9, 1 through 8, please. And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they were come out of the land of Misraim, saying, Let the children of Israel also keep the Passover at his appointed season. In the fourteenth day of this month at even he shall keep it in his appointed season, according to all the rites of it, and according to the ceremonies thereof shall he keep it. And Moshe spake unto the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month, and even in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that Yahuwah commanded Moshe, so did the children of Israel. And there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man, that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moshe and before Aaron on that day. And those men said unto him, We are defiled by a dead body of a man. Wherefore are we kept back, that we may not offer an offering of Yahuwah in his appointed season among the children of Israel. And Moshe said unto them, Stand still, and I will hear what Yahuwah will command concerning you. Hallelujah. All right, so here it is. We see that they keep Pesach. They kept Pesach. You know, but there was a problem that arose in this second year. And the problem was that there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man that they could not keep the Passover, they couldn't keep Pesach on that day. And so, Moshe tell them, stand still, you know, um, and I will hear what Yahuwah is com is com uh, will command concerning you. And so, like, that's still wise counsel even today. Yes. You know, if you don't know what to do, stand still and hear what Yah will command of you. Amen? Amen. Let me have my next reader uh, continue on with the um, story. Uh, reading verses 9 through 14, please. And Yahuwah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If any man of you or of your posteries shall be unclean by reason of a dead body, or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover unto Yahuwah. The fourteenth day of the second month at even, they shall keep it and eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it unto the morning, nor break any bone of it. According to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. But the man that is clean and is not in a journey and forbeareth to keep the Passover, even the same soul shall be cut off from among his people, because he brought not the offering of Yahuwah in his appointed season that man shall bear his sin and if a stranger shall sojourn among you and will keep the Passover unto Yahuwah according to the ordinance of the Passover and according to the manner thereof so shall he do ye shall have one ordinance both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land 
Hallelujah. Okay, so verse 10 told us, If any man of you or of your posterity, you know, meaning um, anybody else in your family, shall be unclean by reason of a dead body or be on a journey afar off, that he shall keep the Passover unto Yahuwah the 14th day of the second month at even. They shall keep it. You know, and so, you know, this is what you're to do if you miss the first Passover. You know, um, now take note, verse 13 says, But the man that is clean and is not in a journey and forbear to keep the Passover, even the same soul shall be cut off from among his people. You know, Yah is not playing with his Moedim. Why would he be cut off? He said even because he brought out the offering of Yahuwah. Now, it didn't stop there. It didn't say that he'll be cut off because he brought not the offering of Yahuwah. But it said that because he brought not the offering of Yahuwah in his appointed season. Hallelujah. So, when you bring your offering to Yahuwah is very important. You know, because he says it's, it's because, you know, he'll cut you off because you don't bring it in. Season. See, you can't choose to serve Yah the way you want to serve him. I say it all the time. You know, Yah is an L of specificity. You know, he's like McDonald's. You know, he's not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. You know, you know, you have to get it the way it's served. You know, and so this is the way Yah serving it up. He say, look, bring my Passover offering in the time of the Passover. You know, so this is why them. The calendar issue is so important because it, you know, we want to bring his offering in his appointed season. You know, he says, ye shall have one ordinance, both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land. You know, so Yah is not, he, 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 want, he has the same law for everybody. The same law for everybody. So, you know, don't get into thinking that it's one way for one group of people and another way for another group. No. And it's it's likewise with old Israel and with new Israel. Old Israel didn't didn't have to um you know didn't do stuff that new Israel get to not do. Say la Numbers nine fifteen through seventeen, my next reader, please. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacles at, as it were the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always, the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed and in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. Wherefore, seeing uh, that, we also are confident. Good, thank you, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, verse 15 said, "On that day, the tabernacle was reared up." When was the tabernacle reared up? Absolutely, day one, month one of year two. Okay, so this is what I was talking about. This should have been before, you know, um, it, it should have been before the 12 days of giveaways. Can you see that? You know, so next time I'll have it before, you know, but 
you know, I just uh, thought of thought of it late and it wasn't time to change it. Okay, so just so you know, but next time it'll be straightened out. Alright, so it says on that day the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. Now, why did it have to add that second part? Anybody know what the tabernacle is at this point? We don't went all up through there and creating it, you know, even in year one, right? Why does it have to add that? Second part, namely the tent of testimony. Because that's the holy place. It's because Yah is trying to teach us something. You know, the cloud covered the tabernacle, and he's telling us, namely, what's in the name? Absolutely. Character, reputation, and authority. So he's saying, characteristically, the reputation and the authority, you know, of the tabernacle. Is to be the tent of the testimony. Mm -hmm, yeah. Now, what's a testimony? A witness, absolutely. So, you know, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the witness. Mm -hmm. So, the cloud covers the characteristics. Reputation and authority of the witness. Mm -hmm. The tent of the witness. That is the body of the witness. Amen. Can you see that? That's that's not hard to see, is it? You know, now it says, even that even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire. And then verse 16 says, So it was always the cloud covered it by day. And the appearance of fire by night. You know, now 17 tells us, and when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that, the children of Israel journeyed. And, and in the place where the cloud abode, the children of Israel pitched their tents. Now, Hebrews 12 1 teaches us what the cloud. In scripture represents. It says. Wherefore seeing we are also encompassed. by uh, About with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every way. And the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. And I just thank y'all. Because like. Um, I don't know. I think it was um, with the story of Joshua. Um, we just went over the clouds in his representation. And I'm just like, yeah, you just doing stuff. You know, like, like you set them up for this. So, I, you know, I just think, yeah, like, you know, like I'm telling you, he be looking into our business. Like, you, you don't think he be paying attention to us. Yah is all up in our lives. You know, this, that can't be happenstance. You know, that is synchronized, you know, just. Only y'all can, you know, perfect something like that. Right. You know, now it says that the cloud was taken up. Um, Hebrews 12, 1 teaches us what a cloud represents. You know, uh, it represents witnesses. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
you know, Second Peter, you know, uh, backs this up, and Second Peter two one says, but there there were false prophets also among the people, even as there should be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Adonai that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, so we're talking about false prophets and false teachers, which are types of witnesses. Amen? These are the types of people that witness to, you know, Elohim, you know, within the body. Now, when we, when we go down to verse 17, it teaches us about these false prophets and teachers. It says, these are clouds that are carried with a tempest. What kind of clouds are carried with a tempest? Say again. What type of clouds? Everybody know what a tempest is? Yeah. Tempest is a storm. You know, so it's, just, it's a bad storm. So what kind of clouds are carried with, with uh, a storm? Dark clouds. Absolutely. Yes. You know, so we have more than one type of cloud. You see that? You know, now it says when the cloud that is, now we know what the cloud represents, when the cloud that is when the witnesses are taken up from the tabernacle, then the children of Israel are supposed to journey. What does it mean to be taken up to, um, the, oh, I forgot to put the actual word there. Well, it's number 5927 for sure, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I remember, um, I think it's... Uh, Allah, uh, Aliyah, I think it's Aliyah. I think it's Aliyah, number 5927. Um, meaning to ascend, to be high, or to be active. You know, so when the cloud is taken up, that's to activate us. We're to be activated when the cloud arises. When the cloud becomes active, we're to become active. Can you see that? You know, so here it is. We're being told that when the cloud is taken up, when the cloud becomes active, we're to move. Israel is the, is, is the journey. Now, verses 18 through 23 goes on to say, At the commandment of Yahuwah, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of Yahuwah, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept it, the charge of Yahuwah and journeyed not. And so it was. When the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of Yahuwah, they abode in their tents. And according to the commandment of Yahuwah, they journeyed. And so it was. When the cloud abode from even unto the morning, and that the that the cloud was taken up in the morning, they journeyed, whether it was by day or by night, the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year, that cloud tarried upon the tabernacle remaining there on the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of Yahuwah, they rested in their tents, and at the commandment of Yahuwah, they journeyed. They kept the charge of Yahuwah at the commandment of Yahuwah by the hand of Moshe. Now, please take note that the commandment 
to act or move came through Yahuwah via the cloud. That is, the commandment to move come through Yahuwah via his witnesses. Via the witnesses of Yahuwah. That's huge. That's huge. You know, look for the cloud. Before you do anything, look for the cloud. If the cloud don't move, you don't move. Because Yah is going to command us through the cloud. Through the witnesses. 1 Peter 4, 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to come... Um, which is to try you as as though some strange thing happened unto you. Now, you know, it was a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so at nighttime, you expect to have the pillar of fire. Mm -hmm. You expect to have the trials at night. Why? It's what about nighttime that, that you should expect Don't. to have trials? Because of the darkness. Because of the ignorance. Mm -hmm. And because of the ruler of darkness. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? You know, who opposes the light. Mm -hmm. You know, so. But the trials is to give us light. Mm -hmm. See, but a lot of people, you know, they take that and look at it the other way around. Because the trials here, y'all not here. Mm -hmm. No. When the trials is there during the night, y'all is with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We're going to get this thing. Hallelujah. We're talking about the clouds of heaven. We're talking about the clouds of heaven, y'all. I want you to know that there's clouds of light. I love that picture. I'm thinking about having that made. You know, there's clouds of light. That Now, these clouds of light, they're like, they're like, yeah. And Yahshua. Amen. You know, these clouds of light, they glorify Yahuwah Elohim and his son, Yahushua HaMashiach. They glorify the lion and the lamb. Amen. You know, that's what I'm talking about. These, these witnesses of Yahs, they glorify him. You know, they glorify him in what they say. They glorify him in how they walk. They glorify him in what they do. They glorify Yah. Amen. You know, but there's another type of clouds in the sky. You know, the kingdom of heaven is not just, it don't just have clouds of light. It also have clouds of darkness. You know, you can liken this to the tares amongst the wheat. You know, there's going to be clouds of light and there's going to be clouds of darkness. Now, these clouds of darkness represent what? Yes, ignorance. But these clouds of darkness represent what? False teachings, false yes, we're talking about false teaching, false problems, but what does clouds represent? Witnesses. So we're talking about false what? Witnesses. False witnesses that are in darkness, so they're what? Ignorant. Ignorant. Yes. Can you see it now? Yes. So we have these clouds of light, we're talking about witnesses who can see. They can understand y'all's plan. Yes. They look like y'all, they walk like y'all, they talk like y'all. They trying to be like y'all. You know, but these clouds of darkness, these witnesses, they trying to be like the ruler of darkness. Mm -hmm. They walk like they in darkness. They tripping over their own feet because they can't see. They going the wrong way, left and right. Yes. 
because they ignorant. They don't, they have a lack of knowledge. You know, so these witnesses, you know, they're still witnesses, but they're witnesses that are in darkness. Following them is like following the blind. You don't want to follow them. You know, let's take a, uh, we're going to take a look at some examples in scripture of how this works and how it's been working in scripture. You know, oh man, God is just so good. Like, you know, anyway, let me um, have my next reader read 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 8 through 14. This has to do with King David when his son Adoniah, you know, usurped the throne. Just to give you a little background to the story. All right, my next reader, please. But Zadok, Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan, Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Rei, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah flew, slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zoheleth which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren the king's sons, and all the men of Judah the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah, and the mighty man, and Solomon his brother, he called not. Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah the son of Haggath the doth reign, and David our Lord knoweth it not. Now therefore, come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. Go and get thee in unto King David, and say unto him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me and he shall sit upon my throne. Why then doth Adonijah reign? Behold, while thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee and confirm thy words. Hallelujah. You know, check out those who didn't go with Adonijah. You know, I just like the way that, you know, the way that it's presented. It says, but Zadok the, the priest, you know, Zadok the priest, you know, um, Zadok means righteous. You know, so it's, it's literally talking about the righteous priest didn't go with him. You know, now, you know, Adonijah, you know, his name means, you know, the Lord is Yah. My Lord is Yah. You know, so we're talking about someone whose Lord is Yah. Who usurped the throne. But he didn't have the righteous priest with him. He didn't have Benaniah, that is, he didn't have the son of Yah with him. You see, you know, like, you know, we're we not here to, to go through um, First Kings, you know, but I just wanted to point that out, you know, because, you know, there's other types. You know, there's two types of clouds. You know, now, those that was with Adonijah, you know, which there were many, there was those, those that was with him were saying, he the king, he the new king. Amen. You know, he proclaimed himself king. You know, and you know, he invited uh, all the men of Judah, the king's servants, and called all his brethren, the king's sons. He just didn't call Solomon. 
caught anybody else though. You know, now consider the wise counsel that Nathan gave, which is the real reason we came here. You know, he says, Let me, I pray to give thee counsel. Now, this was the prophet of Elohim. You know, and he said, Go and get thee in unto King David and say unto him, You know, and tell him about what's happening. You know, and say, Didn't Solomon, wasn't he supposed to reign? The reason this was wise counsel and the reason it worked is due to David's understanding of how Yah works. It's due to David's understanding of when Yah's cloud is moving. See, this is why, you know, he says, Go and get thee into, uh, unto King David and say unto them, Didst not thou, my Adonai, O king, swear unto thy handmaid, saying, Surely Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? Why then do Adonai uh, reign? And here it is. This is this is it. Nathan says, Why you why you there talking to him? I will come in after thee and confirm that thy words. You know, why did he do it like that? So he can have two witnesses. Absolutely. So he can have two witnesses. Why? Because two witnesses constitute what? Say again. Yes, every matter is affirmed. Um, you know, by two witnesses, but that's not what I'm looking for, you know, in relation to this particular lesson. Because the cloud moving. Yes. Yes, because he see the two witnesses represents the cloud. He see the cloud moving. You know, so David sees the cloud moving and then he takes action. And he makes Solomon the rightful heir. And he makes him king and thwarts the, usurp, uh, the usurping of the throne by his brother Adonai. See, but he didn't act until he had the witnesses. Can you see that? T let's take a look at another example in Scripture. You know, Genesis 19.1 says, And there came two angels to Sodom, even at even. Two angels came to Sodom at even. And, of course, this is the story of Lot. You know, so when Yah sent two angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, right? You know, so just a backdrop to the story. Um, Genesis 19.1 And there came two angels to Sodom Even at even And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom And Lot seeing them Rose up to meet them And he bowed himself With his face toward the ground And the men said unto Lot Oh I'm sorry Then we're going to jump down to verse 12 You know so here it is You have these two witnesses You know because Yah sent them To bear witness As to whether or not The things he was hearing was true Amen Now we already know that Yah knew That those things was true because Yah is all knowing, right? But he tells us this that we might understand why these two men went to Lot, even to bear witness. So that we can see that these are two witnesses. They're not just, you know, these these angels went there to bear witness. They're two witnesses. That's important because if you don't see that, then you're not gonna see the cloud. You know, and so when they were there, they would tell Lot and his family in verse 12, they said, 
It says, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. It's time to move. The clouds are here. The clouds are here. It's time to move. Can you see that? And so, you know, of course, they got up out of Sodom, and it was destroyed, and they were saved. You know, Let's take a look at a, um, at a at another example. You know, Joshua 2. Consider Joshua 2, 1. It says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land. Can you see two witnesses? He sent two witnesses. Go, go bear witness what's going on over there. Even Jericho. And they went and came into the Anhala's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now, we're going to fast forward to when they come back. You know, they, now they back. Joshua 2.24. And they said unto Joshua, Truly, Yahuwah hath delivered into our hands all the land, even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, and he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. Hallelujah. So you see... It was time to move. You know, now, you know, take note that we hear nothing of the cloud moving, nor of Yah telling Joshua to move against Jericho, you know, per se. Nevertheless, we see Israel is moving. Why is this? Even because Yah had already told Joshua the plan. Hence, he understood that the only thing left to do was to wait for the cloud to arise and activate him. And so when he got confirmation from the cloud, then he started going into action. Now, this is an important point, you know. Now, ironically, Joshua was one of two spies or two witnesses that had spied the land previously. And ironically, you know, their witness was not accepted by Israel. Remember that? Now, there was five times more witnesses than Joshua and Caleb that testified that the land was good, but they couldn't take it. Because there was giants in the land. And Joshua and Caleb said, nah, yeah, they get over there, but we got, yeah, let's go, let's do it, we can do this. But Moshe sent out 12. And here we see Joshua only sending out two. Can you see that? Because two is sufficient. You know, it's important that you're able to see that during the time of Israel, the um, old Israel, during the time during their time when it was called cause for um, a calling for them to go into the land and take the land, that you had these dark clouds, five times as many dark clouds, bearing witness to Israel not to do what Yah told them to do, not. 
to go according to the plan. They had just traveled through this wilderness, you know, for all this time to, to go and take the land and they get to the border to the border of the land right to the door, you know, and now they don't want to go in. Can you see that? You know, because these dark clouds gave them a bad testimony. Can you see that? Don't listen to the dark clouds. You know, you're supposed to look for Yah's cloud. The clouds of light. Not the clouds of darkness. Now this is a very important point because, you know, Revelations 11 teaches us of what's to come. It says, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the Elohim of the earth. Candlesticks represent what? All right, what two churches are these? Philadelphia and Smyrna. Absolutely. Okay, y'all on it today. You know, and if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overtake them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Mitzrayim. Or Egypt, where also our Adonai was crucified. Like unto the times of Israel in the wilderness, there will be five times as many false witnesses testifying to just the opposite of what these two will be saying. What will you do? Will you follow the cloud of Yahuwah Elohim? Would you look for the two witnesses? Would you look for the witnesses of light? Would you look for two witnesses of light and would you allow them to activate you? See, what I want to get across to you is like, I don't care how many dark clouds that there are. There are always going to be dark clouds. You know, and I don't care how many that they are. If you have two witnesses of light, then you're the move. If you have two witnesses of light and you have a hundred witnesses of of darkness you ought to follow the two witnesses of light I don't care if all of Israel is saying you know come on no we're not doing we're not doing that I guarantee you the Levites will be saying oh we with you we following but it's only two of those witnesses it's, it's hundreds of those other the dark ones yeah we following the two we following these two right here, these two witnesses of light that, you know, have this testimony of light. Because that testimony, you can rest assured, it's going to be a testimony of light. It's going to be a testimony to Yahuwah Elohim and his son, Yahushua Hamashiach. You know, and we're to follow the testimonies of light. You know, within the kingdom of Elohim, you know, there's going to be clouds of darkness and clouds of light. You know, if you're in a place where you have to make a decision, you're going to get witnesses to testify to you. 
But every witness that testifies to you is not going to be a witness of Elohim. Every witness that testifies to you may claim Elohim. But that doesn't mean that they are a cloud of light because they claim Elohim. If they're not doing what Elohim said to do, then they're not a cloud of light. If they're not testifying to what Yah says to do, they're not walking like he walked, talking like he talked, doing as he did, then they're not the witnesses of light. They're not the clouds of light. They're clouds of darkness. Even if they're calling on his name, even if they're praying to him, you know, if they're clouds of darkness, it just means that they're clouds that's in ignorance. They have a lack of knowledge. Don't follow one who don't know. Follow the ones who know. Follow the ones who has the light that can see where they're going. Because if you're following those that's already in darkness, then you know where you're going to wind up. In darkness. You know, so next time you have a decision that needs to be made. Yes, listen to all your witnesses. But look for the two witnesses of light. And follow them. That's all I have for you today. I pray with God. Alright, we're taking questions at this time.